Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and chavruta, Yerdina Asband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Yuma, daf vav, page six. Today, we actually go back to the discussion of the Kohen Gadol and separating from his family to go to the temple to stay there for the week before. We've talked about the nature of the sequestering. How does it compare to other areas? But now we're back to the Kohen himself. Mafrishin Kohen Gadol, meaning this is a citation from the Mishnah, and the Gemara says, Lama mafrishim. Why is it, right? Why is it that the that it, they separate him off? Lama uh, mafrishim. And then so the Gemara repeats the question back, you know, in astonishment, so to speak. What do you mean? Why are you asking now? We've already discussed this. You, we've, and in fact, we, I'm talking Talmud of it, already discussed the, the dispute between Rabbi Yochanan. And Rish Lakish, again, where Rabbi Yochanan says that it's uh, derived from the inauguration, from the Miluim. And Rish Lakish, who says it's, you know, can, compared to Mamar uh, Hasinai, the giving of the Torah. So then why is the Gemara asking this question of why are we separating him off? We already have all of the origin. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. This, we're asking, practically speaking, basically. Right? This is the question. Lama Perish. Why is he separating from his house? Why is he separating, meaning from his wife? Tanya, Rabbi Yehuda ben Patera Omer, Shema Timatzei Ishto Safek Nidav The Gemara says, well, lest they would be spending that week together, and if she had entered into a state of questionable status with regard to Nida, if she had become an, well, right, if she's certainly Nida, then it's not even an issue. But if she's in this questionable status, and then what if they had had marital relations, and then now he, because she, because she was in a suffix nida status, where it was a doubt, where it was a question, then he would could end up being impure, right? And then, and in that case, right? So now he's in trouble if he's supposed to be the Kohen Gadol going into the Kodesh Kodeshim during that week beforehand, having rendered himself impure. Uh, so the question here, of course, is like, you know, we've talked so much about Kohanim being reason, right? The Kohanim being careful, taking care with everything. So the Gemara says, you know, you're worried that he's going to be sleeping with his possibly impure wife? Atu Brishi Askinan? Are we talking about wicked people? So it's not that she's got an unquestion she's got a questionable status and they might sleep together but rather that they might sleep together and then discover that she's got a questionable status which makes more sense in terms of the potential for something to go awry as opposed to there being, you know, a negligence on his part to begin with. There's no negligence. And yet the, the plan of separating him off, meaning sending him to the Beit HaMikdash to stay separate from his wife, is just uh, as a precautionary method, method message to make sure that he's not taking, that there's no risk, that there's no, there's no issue that he might end up being a suffix, uh, a questionable status with regard to Tuma. You know, I like how they sort of do this. First of all, the way the b- discussion begins was sort of that question of like mafrishin. They're like, why are you asking this? We already discussed it. It's like a very meta comment on the doc itself. You know, we're not always aware if they understand how the conversation gets there and how the flow happens. And here it seems they're very aware of what was on the previous page. Right. Well, I think this speaks to what we talked about the other day about this. So far, what we've seen has been very organized. Right. So that 
I do think this is probably later organizational, you know, discussion on the way it's been set set up, as opposed to the actual machloket between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, which happened beforehand, generations before. I no, I agree. This definitely shows sort of this page can continued sort of the consistency of the organization. Um, I wanted to jump down to sort of what's at the DAP, and it should remind you, and I know we keep talking about this, you know, that we're starting to see the themes that pop up in every Masachet. Um, and so after they conclude this discussion about, you know, when do you immerse, uh, if you are Boel Nida, if you cohabitated um, with somebody who is a Nida, now they're going to go back to the question of the Kohen Gadol, you know, being, you know, separating from his wife. And so the Gemara says, right? Instead of only being separated or sequestering from the Tuma of his house, hey, Frisho, me Tuma, mate, right? Aren't you also worried that maybe you could become Tame mate during this week and that would be a problem? And then the Gemara says, So Rav Tachlifa, the father of Huna, said in the name of Rava, so what this is telling us that actually, you know, tumat mate, corpse tumat is actually allowed when it comes to the community, right? In other words, that if this Kohen Gadol became tame mate, it would actually be okay because he has such an important role to serve, um, you know, on Yom Kippur, that it wouldn't be an issue for him. And obviously, this should remind everybody of something that we heard of, learned about with um, right, and the whole issue of what happens if the whole congregation or the majority of the congregation is tummy, and that essentially in those situations, um, they could still bring the Korban Pesach, even though the Korban Pesach had sort of the second um, time, right, uh, uh, of Vav uh, Iyar, where you would bring a Korban Pesach a month later if you were tummy made, because that is a specific rule about who cannot bring the Korban Pesach. But we learned there that if the majority of the congregation is Tameh, we will sort of, we, we don't, you know, enforce this. Um, and so we see the same thing here, that in other words, the role of what the Kohen Gadol has to do is so important uh, for the community, uh, you know, that if he was Tameh made, it would be okay. I think this also is a reflection of one of the things that I keep picking up on, which is who is the Kohen Gadol serving? And here, at least this type of train of thought is saying the Kohen Gadol clearly is serving um, the um, the community, and that's why it would be allowed. And so again, we're going to get back into the discussion of Tuma Duchia B'tzibor or Tuma Kutra B'tzibor, right? The Tumas, right, well, I guess what we call like overridden, right? That in other words, or is it permitted? Um, and th- again, but it, what's interesting is we don't see the Korban Pesach actually get brought up here, but the concepts are the same. Um, and so then the Gemara goes on, you know, and basically says, uh, Ravina Amar, right? Ravina says, Even if you're going to say that, you know, Tumat Mate is overridden with regard to the community, right? That in other words, we still have to um, enforce it. We need to make sure the Kohen Gadol would not be Tameh. This doesn't happen suddenly. Like it's not very common. Right? But but the Tuma of your household, right? The Tuma that could come from Anita that's much more common. And so I think that's also sort of saying, like, going back to that mission where it said, like, we're not going to get a replacement wife who's sort of waiting in the wings in case his first wife dies. They're just going to account for when we're preparing the Kohen Gadzal for the most common situations, right? And the most common situation would be that the Kohen Gadzal would somehow become Tame through his household, but not really through uh, a Tumat mate. And I think particularly Kohanim, 
we're very careful about that, right? There, there's only, you know, seven people that a Kohen is allowed to become tummy for, um, a spouse, parent, siblings, but not a married sister. Um, that would only be for a single sister or children. And so I think also, you know, Kohanim were very careful um, about this. And then the Gemara is going to go on uh, for a little bit more discussion about, you know, basically saying that uh, because of a communal obligation, we're not going to enforce or we're not going to worry about Tumat, right? So Itmar was said, Tumat Hamid, right? Talking about Tumat made, Rav Nachman Amar, Kutra Kibitzivor, but the Rav Shesha Samar, so again, concepts that we saw in Masach Psachim, right? Rav Nachman is going to say that it is allowed and Rav Sheshit is going to say uh, that it is not allowed. And again, this was a whole discussion that we saw uh, that took place in uh, in Psachim all over, um, uh, all over, you know, Pesach Sheni. Um, and then, you know, the Gemara then goes on to say, So now they're going to explain, here's the difference between these two. Let's say you have Tame and Tahor Kohanim in one family group, right? So we know that there was this thing that the Kohanim were divided into 24 Mishmarot, right? And then the Mishmarot were divided into Bateavot, into family groups. And each family group served one day of the weekly Mishmar. So the Mishmar came and served for a week. And then even within the Mishmar, you as a Kohen, you served only for one day during that week. Um, so let's say there's a Beit Av, there's a family where there's some Tame and some Tahor people, so all agreed the Tahor ones could serve. And the Tame ones should not serve. So Rav Sheshes, Rav Nachman, whoever you are, that's obviously what they would, would agree with. But the question is, But what they disagree about is that whether you need to bring in Tahor Kohanim from another family group, when let's say you have a Beit Av, you have a family group where everybody's Tame, would you then be obligated to say, okay, we need to bring in, you know, a, a Tahor family group. And so Rav Nachman, so Rav Nachman, right, who's holding this that it's permitted. So he would say it's also permitted with the community here. And we don't need to get Kohanim. If the whole Beit, you know, Beit Av is Tameh, we're just going to allow them to do their day of the Mishmar. The Rav Sheshesh would say no. You, they're not allowed to work while they're tummy. It overrides even a communal obligation, and you would have to get kohanim from a different um, family group. Um, and then the Gemara goes on to show a different version of this. Right, even if they were both tummy and tower in a, in a family group, Rav Nachman would say even the tummy ones could serve. So this is a little bit different. Because all tumat me you know, is permitted when it comes to the community. So same concept that we saw in Pesachim, but with a different twist and, and applied to a different area of Halakha, here with the Kohen Gadzal and Yom Kippur, and with the Mishmarot, and specifically with the Beit Ab. But great to see sort of the same concept being repeated over and over again. I still find it remarkable. I think I'll always find it remarkable, the idea that the entire population could be Tameh. And then on top of that, that Chazal found a way out of that by just saying like, okay, that's it, right? Like, we're going to carry on as if this is not an issue. And I understand that this is not really the, the main discussion here, but as a side point, I just, on the one hand, I like what could have happened to make everybody tummy, number one. Number two, I understand that one thought we thought was, we just saw was, you know, what if the king dies? But, and then the other thing is, 
the fact that instead of instead of saying like instead of being sticklers on what might have been the details right of well if you're tummy this won't work they say well no everybody's tummy so now it has to work anyway and in terms of taking a creative step forward to make sure that everything follows as it must i would say this is high up there on the on the list of rabbinic um, innovation right i would agree it's really a big chiddush because we always think about how strict we are with Kohanim, particularly around Tumat Mate. So in other words, this to me is even more shocking than the Psachim one. Psachim, okay, you can understand it. It's a community holiday. It's important that that Korban Pesach is brought every year because it's in a way a renewing of our breach of our covenant with God, right? Of, you know, that we were taken out of Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. It's a way of us saying we're part of Am Yisrael every year. So if the majority of the congregation is Tameh, you can understand it. But to say that a Kohen was allowed to work is actually quite shocking. And it had to work, meaning it wasn't like optional, right? It's that it says if everything that we know is, you know, put on hold temporarily anyway, while the while everybody is tummy, you know, whatever. We agree. I'm, I'm not anything new. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I, just, I think we're just both emphasizing how shocking this sock actually is and that this concept is. And, you know, it, I would rather one way. Right. And, and, you know, as we go through this and thank God, we're in our second year of Dafyomi and God willing, at the end of these seven and a half years, we will be celebrating some kind of nice together. Um, I hope one of our learners will pick this theme to maybe look at like all the different cases and how this theme, you know, appears all throughout, uh, all throughout the Talmud. Well, that's a nice idea. Yeah. Yeah. We should start throwing these themes out. People can already start working (laughs) on them. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. 